0: If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But Are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today.
0: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. And now the second installment of our two-part conversation with Google's Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer, Ms. Melanie Parker, discussing diversity, equity, and inclusion in the modern workplace. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, obviously, 2020 was a pivotal year for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And, you know, let's talk about Google for a minute. Um, since then, what kind of changes have you observed relative to the development and the delivery of DEI strategies at Google and perhaps in the industry and in the, in the corporate world in general?
1: We've long had a focus on our workforce, and that means looking at not just how we're hiring or how we're trading, but how we're you know really working across. Equity and performance, equity and promotion, equity and talent development, as well as looking at who we're bringing in and how we're retaining that workforce. Mm-hmm. What we've also done you know, since 2020 is looking more holistically at not just workforce, but workplace. What does product inclusion look like? Think about the True Tone technology that we have in the Google Pixel where we intentionally um, have technology that focus on darker skin tones and darker hues so that the pictures of black and brown folks are richer. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, thinking about like, Equity in products, equity in design. We've done the same thing with accessibility as well as health equity. We now have a chief health equity officer at Google as well. And so what we're doing is like building workforce, but also building for everyone along with Google's mission of helpfulness. So this it's this holistic strategy that goes across every facet of Google that's moving us forward um, structurally as well as systemic. So we hear a lot about systemic and structural change, but that means how is you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion embedded in every part of what we do from the people to the products.
0: I love that. That's, um, uh, wonderful to hear. Um, the thing is I'm thinking of, you know, there's, there's not a lot of companies with the resources that Google might have. And for folks who work at, uh, these companies or may themselves employ folks, um, I want to dig a little bit deeper if I may. Um, Absolutely. first thing is how are the results you know you mentioned results earlier, how are the results being tracked or measured um, in terms of you know what outcomes you're hoping to achieve?
1: So we place very high priority on data. So data really informs our progress as well as powers our progress so we pro- publish a diversity annual report this past year we published our ninth annual diversity annual report we were one of the first companies to publicly release and share our data and we have 10 pages of publicly available data in our diversity annual report so it's the largest publicly available data set So it's the data. So the data informs the strategy. Mm -hmm. So as an example, when we look at our onboard population, does it mirror or match what's available externally? When we look at data, we're looking at attrition. And so when people leave Google, that's one metric. But now I'm looking at what happens when Black people leave or Hispanic, Latinx. Native American, Asian, people with disabilities, LGBTQ+, and attrition should look around a cluster so that people are leaving at the same level. If people are leaving um, at various levels on the um, continuum, that means that the lived experiences are different. So we have to have a way to look at data in terms of who's coming in, who's going out, but then we have to break that data apart and look at it you know you know from a, a category that looks at subgroup so that we're understanding what the lived experience are, and then we put strategy to close those gaps and that's really what I mean by data so from a resource standpoint, like these are things that like most organizations could take a part of mm-hmm. because it's taking stock of your own company. And you know where you're doing well, where you're not doing well, and ensuring that you're tracking across every part of the employee population that you're able to do that, and ensuring to translating to goals. So diversity at Google is a company wide objective, and it it has been for some time, and then we're reporting out against that progress. So that's where the transparency comes in.
0: Sure, sure. You know, there's uh, I think there's something to that because. Um, data-driven business decisions uh that's not a new thing um in the corporate space in the corporate world um i think however that applying data more directly to we'll call it human resource-based outcomes uh in particular with respect to the marginalized populations that you mentioned earlier, that might be an area of opportunity for a lot of businesses. And so that's wonderful to see Google make that connection. I know here at iHeart, um, the majority of our decisions are data driven. Um, and there's some that, you know, requires, you know, a person's intuition or experience, but for the most part, you know, we, we really do, um, take into account the data, but so to make that connection, not just, uh, the data to the business decision, but the data to the people. Um, I think that's wonderful. So Bravo. Thank you. Now, Thank as you. far as, um, you know, uh, those decision makers, as far as and, and in particular uh, folks who work in the D, E and I space, how do you envision those roles uh, evolving um, and and continuing to grow and transform um, into the future?
1: Well. If we think about like our roles as part of the ecosystem and a part of like this larger puzzle, I see these roles really from a um, like a, a company level. How are we really connected to ESG and part of the sustainability of the company Thinking about the partnerships that we have both internally and externally, and then the users, consumers, creators, depending on the industry, like how are we better reflecting or minding for that? So, when I think about the roles within DEI, like they really are focused on impact and social and community impact, both internally and externally. And that is a shift in the organization of uh, DEI.
0: Wonderful. Now, real quick, let's remind everyone what DEI stands for and what ESG stands for.
1: Thank you. So, uh, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I really want you to know um, what ESG stands for because you'll hear it more and more. And it's environmental, social, and corporate governance and so most people think about climate change when they think about esg they're not thinking about what is the social part of EOG. well it's exactly what we're doing in diversity equity and inclusion and the impact that we're making like on the workforce on the employee experience and on the s- sustainable solutions that we're creating to create fairness
0: sure now Uh, Obviously, there's an increased demand for DE&I professionals. Um, And you would know perhaps as as well as anyone, perhaps better than anyone. uh, What types of backgrounds and skill sets are most desired uh, and in alignment with those roles?
1: Well, I want to dispel one myth and that's, you know, I hear a lot of people who say, you know, I have a lot of passion. I have a lot of passion and passion is great, but we're really looking for like the science as well. And that's the science of influencing, the science of the ability to consult, the ability to analyze data, to um, not just understand the findings, but what do you do with that? So the ability to be strategic, strong business acumen, and the ability to communicate with positive impact—like those—are all like hard skills that really are um, competencies that all DNI professionals should have.
0: Um, and I have another question for you too. Um, what impact or influence would race have? um a person's race have on them being in that role. In other words, uh if a non-melanated individual wanted to move into a DENI space, um I know that, that it would be okay. But do you think that they would bring um enough in the way of uh experience, lived experience, um, and you know, uh representation? In a space like that, are are those things as necessary as they once were, um, or do you think that, you know, perhaps representation, um, the ability to code switch, those sorts of things, um, would matter more, and that those roles could be best served uh, by having a person of color in those roles?
1: I actually think we need the full complement, and the reason that we need the full complement is that we need like the multiple perspectives that come from having a truly diverse organization. And so certainly if you're a black person or a brown person, just based on your own lived experiences, there's a humanity that comes forward based Mm -hmm. on your experiences or the experiences of other people in in the same culture. If you're outside of that, There is an understanding of what it means to navigate and influence across the community that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And if we could put all those things together, um, there's something powerful that's going to happen. As an example, for me, when I was coming up in my career and I was placed in this mentoring program, I was assigned a black woman as a mentor. And I said, wow, thank you very much. Do you think that you could also add like a white male mentor because in all my experiences i really didn't understand the perspective of like corporate white men because i didn't have that exposure well sure. although they thought that was odd Once I was assigned a white male mentor, there are things that I learned that helped me better influence and better navigate. So I think it's the full complement across culture, across identity, That's it's going to be crucial to moving us forward and crucial to influence.
0: I think that's uh, precisely what I was expecting Um, and and, an answer that I feel really reflects sort of my personal um, hope. Or the outcomes in this space as well. So I appreciate the response. Um, now back to Google. Um, yes. What are some of your personal uh, goals and objectives when it comes to, you know, your work with Google?
1: You know, my personal goals and objectives are really about how we make progress and how we move the organization Forward, Like my hope is that everyone who comes inside of Google, like finds a welcoming environment that they find that they have really an ability to be innovative to be truly innovative, like people have to feel safe, people have to feel valued and recognized and rewarded. So my personal goal is that like no Googler is left out that mm. everyone comes in and feels that type of like a warm hug if you may, from a, from a corporate sense. My other goal is to make sure that we're working as part of the collective because I'm very aware that there's no one company that can completely make the shift that's needed, like across the world. But are we linking arms with the right companies, with the right organizations, with our university partners, with our government partners, to really move forward across like the America, but also across the world, because that's where we operate at Google.
0: We are here today with award winning H.R. executive, Google's vice president and chief diversity officer, Ms. Melanie Parker, discussing the current state of diversity, equity and inclusion. What's to come and why it matters. Now, I'm going to try to paint a brief picture for you here. Um, I wouldn't uh, profess to know the intricate details of your story. but for someone who looks like you and is who is as accomplished as you are i imagine that that comes with a few bumps in the road and again i won't profess to know what those are but you know typically that's the way that story goes um our listeners our audience knows what i mean um and I'm sure that you have a lot to say about what it means to navigate those challenges and to remain steadfast um, that our listeners could benefit from, you know, folks who aspire to one day reach heights that are similar to yours, maybe in this space, maybe outside of this space. Um, so I want you to bear that in mind when you um, answer this next question. Um, a little bit more, too. I I recognize that, you know, it's important to celebrate those wins along the way, you know, those accomplishments and to to bear in mind what outcomes um, that you're working toward. And remain focused on the goal, but also be present in the moment, especially and celebrate those small wins, because that helps you to remain fortified on that journey. So, again, let's bear both of these things in mind. Um, now, my question. Um, I've read that you have a personal mission statement. Can you share with our audience what that is, uh, what it means to you, and the impact that it has had uh, in guiding you on this journey?
1: Yes. You know, my personal mission statement is to inspire others to lift as I climb and to achieve great things. And so with that, my goal is to to bring others along to create such a a positive and and purpose-filled life that others see themselves and that they wanna join in at the same time. I have had my bumps in the road, (laughs) we all have, but I think the really important part is when you have bumps in the road to not gloss over the bumps in the road, but to really take that time to be still in the moment, um, to recognize like what the bump was, how you navigated it, um, even if you didn't navigate that well, um, and to think about how you move forward, depending on what that is, because if we gloss over it, it always comes back. And so I try, I try not to do that. I try to really allow myself to, to feel the disappointment, to feel the mistake, mm-hmm to feel like whatever lack means, fill that blank in, um, so that I can move forward in peace because peace becomes really important, um, to moving forward and to sustaining personal energy.
0: Sure. Sure. I have a, uh, a bit of a personal philosophy when it comes to, uh, the b- bumps in the road for me as well. Um, I've had a, long journey in broadcasting. And, uh, you know, I come from a city where there's the, I'm, I'm told time and again, that the number of black people makes us statistically irrelevant. And I work in spaces where black culture is consumed, namely hip hop radio stations. Historically, this has, you know, been where I've worked. And so um, I've had to die on a few hills, and I've had to choose a few battles. Um, and. One of the things that uh, I tell myself very often when having to um, process some of those bumps in the road is, you know, who am I relative to what has happened? I try not to think of things in terms of bad and good. Um, I try to think of them in terms of lessons. And if I am. Doing the best that I can for myself, for my family, for my people, for my community, um, and I recognize that you know, I take my wins where I can get them, I celebrate those wins when I can, and um, I have to recognize that some battles are are going to be long fought um, and they're going to take a little bit more time and massaging. There's going to be a few more conversations, a few more bumps before we. Make progress; those sorts of things. Then, yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, have to fortify myself
1: <laughs> for yes. that
0: long haul and that that long road, and um, it it helps me to remain grounded. And so, again, I appreciate mm-hmm. your insight, and hopefully, our listeners uh, appreciate that as well. Because I feel like we're on the cusp of change, corporate change, certainly. You know, during 2020. Um, I saw Best Buy post a, a, a black square on their Instagram page and send out an email saying we stand with black people. We stand, you know, uh, we, we condemn the violence uh, that is being perpetuated on black communities around this country. I saw that. I saw Amazon do the same thing. I saw a lot of corporations recognize and it might have been for monetary you know, benefit in monetary reasons, or it might've been for human reasons. I like to believe the latter was true in most instances, but, um, either way, I feel like we are at a moment in this nation's, uh, short life <laughs> so far where we're starting to have to have serious conversations about who we are relative to what has happened. And so, um, I, I, I know I've said it, but I'll say it again. I appreciate your response because this, that certainly reflects the uh, reality that I've lived and and hopefully it is well received by our listeners. So thank you again. Um, I'll, I'll try to I, I know we've had you for some time, so I'll, I'll try to be brief here. But uh, before we let you go, um, what can you share with our listeners about the importance of them having their own mission statement or how they can go about creating one or benefit from just having a, maybe a mantra or, you know, something like what you have um, for their careers?
1: I, I will share um, that it's important to have a personal mission statement or a mantra because you have to know what you stand for. Say and it. you have to be able to do living from the inside out. To mm-hmm. do that, you really have to know who you are but who you are is dependent on what you stand for. So that's where the mission statement is. And one step further is a personal board of advisors. Who are the people that can speak into your life? Who are the people that you're accountable to, that you've given permission to, so that when you fall outside of that mission statement that or the mantra that you've set for yourself, they can guide you back.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. So, yeah. Um... Before we let you go, uh, I, I like to make sure that our listeners can plug in and um, you are such an inspiring person. And uh, I know that lots of folks will want to keep up with what's going on in your world. So um, let's drop any social media, if you're on social media, websites, um, you name it. If there's a way for folks to get in contact, if you follow the work you're doing, any upcoming projects, now's the time to rattle that off so folks can lock in with with you for this journey.
1: Great. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and also on Google's keyword blog. So those are the best three places to find me.
0: Okay. And it's, um, I'm, I'm assuming it's under your name.
1: It's under my name. So it's Melanie Parker on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you type in Google's uh, keyword blog, you'll find me there too.
0: Wonderful. Okay. All right. Well, then once again, I'd like to thank you very much for the information. Um, This is obviously very important, and you are very much an insightful person. Uh, Once again, our guest today is award-winning HR executive, Google's vice president and chief diversity officer, Ms. Melanie Parker. And scene. All right. Um, Again, I got the intro and I got the uh, outro already recorded. So okay. I'll just kind of patch those in. Um, I'll okay. make it sound great.
1: There this is was was co- awesome.
0: Did you, did you enjoy yourself?
1: I did. I did. And I enjoyed your transparency too. So, th- so thank you.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you for allowing me to um, help paint the uh, picture for our listeners. Um, you know, I, I know that you are the star. And so I wanted to make sure you had the shine and, and you deserve it. Um, you. But some of our, our listeners are, they've heard some of these stories from me. um and so uh you know um I feel like I'm I got kind of a flock and I'm taking them on a journey so sometimes it helps to make some connections they might be familiar with so I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time and space on your on your episode to uh hopefully keep our listeners as engaged and so that they can absorb as much from you as possible so wonderful well done thank Um, you all right and I'll take it from here okay
1: Okay. sounds good. Have a great rest of your day.
0: You do. Take care.
1: Bye. Mm -hmm.
0: And before we go, I'll leave you with this. One more extremely important takeaway from Fortune's May announcement was this. Quote, if the CEO makeup of the Fortune 500 was reflective of U.S. demographics, there would be more than 65 black CEOs leading America's largest public companies, end quote. 65 instead of just six. When we think about the needs and opportunities ahead of us, the business case for diversity, equity, and inclusion is stronger than ever. Let us allow today's conversation and this moment in our American timeline to inspire, motivate, and move us to action as we embark on 2023 and beyond, in full and honest acknowledgement of the innumerable published reports that continue to qualify the gross disparities taking place, the decades of data-driven recommendations for improved strategies and solutions that we have available, and with exceptional individuals and organizations ready, willing, and able to lead, provide, and drive solutions. Let today's conversation mark the moment and allow us to commit wholeheartedly and stay committed to authentically, efficiently, and effectively taking this challenge head on. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson, associate producer Maggie B. Nowen. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.
1: We went from normal life, healthy child, to acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope.